Welcome to Advocacy Watch, the monthly advocacy episode of A Matter of Faith, a Presby podcast. We are brought to you by the Office of Public Witness and the Presbyterian Ministry at the United Nations. Without further ado, let's dive into today's advocacy updates. Hi. We would like to welcome you to Advocacy Watch 2023. We are very excited as we begin this new year, looking ahead to things that we have going on in the life of the Advocacy Ministry of the Presbyterian Church USA. So many exciting things happened last year, and we had just a wonderful year um, looking at being engaged for justice advocacy in the name of the Presbyterian Church, not only domestically, but also globally. We are excited about many of the things that we achieved, all all of the webinars, engagements with the UN and Congress. And 2023 is really getting off to an exciting start as we look at what's happening in Washington, D.C. with a divided Congress. Um, We don't know how exactly that's going to, to work with the Republicans controlling the House and with Democrats controlling the Senate, but we are hoping that we can dispel all of the past inaction by Congress, even when there was a unified House and the White House. So we are really excited to go ahead and to um, continue to talk about how justice is a mandate for not only Christians, but for Presbyterians as we as people of faith continue to try to make a difference in this world to hope that people are fed, to hope that um, voting rights are restored, to hope that there is indeed an opportunity for people to fulfill their being created in the um, image and likeness of God. So again, welcome, and we would like to give this opportunity to um, our staff. We have with us today, Catherine Gordon, who is the international representative for the Washington Office of Public Witness. We also have Sue Ream, who is our coordinator for the Presbyterian Ministry at the United Nations. So we're going to turn it over to Catherine first to talk a little bit about um, what are the things that you are anticipating for 2023? Yeah, well, so in terms of the international sphere, things are looking a little tumultuous. (laughs) Um, As we move into, you know, we moved from a a more bipolar, stable world into a multipolar world. And um, a lot of these conflicts popping up right now are a result of that. Some of the conflicts that we will be watching this year, Ukraine, of course, Armenia and Azerbaijan is another conflict that's heating up right now. Um, We do have strong partners on the ground um, in Armenia through the Janitian uh, Memorial Fund. And because of war in Ukraine, um, Russia, who that has served as a peacemaker in Armenia and Azerbaijan, is weaker and not as as in a strong position to serve that purpose, peacemaking in Armenia and Azerbaijan. So um, we're looking for that conflict to heat up. Uh, The protests in Iran will continue. Yemen is still um, on the precipice of of possibly um, renewed warfare. Ethiopia, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, um, in eastern, eastern Congo, particularly the Kivu region, there are insurgents. Uh, recently, a church was bombed. I, uh, within the past few days, a church was bombed in the Congo. And so those are those are some of the issues that we're watching. We're also, the General Assembly has mandated that we address some, some issues as well. Tomorrow, we're actually having a, a webinar on the depleted uranium in Iraq. 
and what has resulted from that and the health conditions that have resulted from this um, pollution that the U.S. and um, others have caused in Iraq. So um, we'll be addressing that because the General Assembly has asked us to. One of a major issue and a major opportunity to look forward to is Cuba um, and hopefully hoping that the Biden administration will make moves to open up relations with Cuba. Obama did a great job. Um, he um, you know, opened up our, our diplomatic relations, established embassies, travel. Um, when the Trump administration came in, they restricted it again and actually put Cuba back on the state sponsors of terrorism list. And, and, and no one agrees that Cuba is a state sponsor of terrorism. But what the, the being on that list does is cause um, cause extreme difficulties in getting funding to our partners. The big push will get be to get Cuba taken off the state sponsors of terrorism list and hope hopefully opening up um, more relations, establishing more um, having more staff at the at the embassy there. And so we'll be making a big push with Congress and the administration. We're going to ask Congress to pressure the administration and. Um, Biden has appointed former Senator Chris Dodd um, to be the special envoy for Latin America, which is a big sign that there will be hopeful movement um, because Chris Dodd was great on Cuba. Um, so we're we're hoping that these are good signs and we have like a nine month window. And then the other really important issue um, is Israel-Palestine. There are not hopeful signs, but it is a very important issue for us to watch. The, the General Assembly passed a resolution last summer saying that the situation on the ground is apartheid, legally, um, under international law, qualifies as apartheid. And it's going to be very important for us to continue to raise our voice, especially with the current right-wing Israeli government that are taking really extreme steps, um, ethnic cleansing, you know, increasing settlements, and it, it, the especially for us here in the United States that have um, a lot of culpability in that conflict because we we haven't educated ourselves about what's actually going on the ground. I think it's really important for us to do that advocacy around that issue. Thank you very much, Catherine. As a matter of fact, I had um, made a note to ask you about Cuba and Palestine because I know that you and your um, ecumenical and interfaith colleagues have really been had some concern about the foreign policy. Um, so thank you for that update. One thing that I know we have talked about, I do want to follow up with one question. Um, we have a great concern as Presbyterians about the war in Ukraine, but our, our policy also focuses on other areas of war. Um, would you say a little bit about our conversations about making sure that Presbyterians are aware that this um, conflict that is happening there is indeed dire and we need to act on it, but also we need to find ways to get interest in other areas such as Yemen and Syria? Yeah, I think there was some serious concerns when um, the when when Russia invaded Ukraine, many people became active and wanted to help the refugees. And and that was great, but it was a little discouraging when we were already had many other peoples being displaced, Syria, Yemen. And the only difference was that, that they were brown or black people and um, and the, the concern didn't seem to be there. Um, so it's it's I think just examining that and realizing that while this this um, conflict is tragic and we need to do everything we can to 
to encourage peace building and nonviolent resolution to the conflict and human rights. Um, we also need to pay attention to the ongoing suffering in places that are are not seen like Yemen and particularly like the Democratic Republic of the Congo. That's been going on for decades and people are um, almost just write it off when it's the greatest humanitarian disaster um, in the world. And the um, and people just don't pay attention to it. And it's it's not in the news. Thank you. That is very helpful. Great insight. Sue, talk to us a little bit about 2023 for the ministry at the UN. Sure. Thanks, Jimmy. Uh, so the United Nations continues to um, look at sort of three different areas. One is climate change, recovery from COVID-19 and conflicts around the world, predominantly the the war that's raging in Ukraine, but additional other wars around the world that isn't getting as much play. Um, I would like to start with the Security Council because every year, beginning of the year, we have five new members that come on board. They're elected members, not the five permanent members. So this year we have uh, five additions from Ecuador, Japan, Malta, Switzerland, and Mozambique. And they they join the members who were there from last year, which are Albania, Brazil, Gabon, Ghana, and the United Arab Emirates. And in addition to the five permanent members, the U.S., Russia, China, France, and U.K., the Security Council continues to be a bit dysfunctional because uh, of the geopolitics and the, um, the relationship or non-relationship between U.S. and China and Russia. Um, not too many things are being done or constructive at the moment, but they were able to pass a resolution this past week on um, re uh, continuing with the cross-border mechanism for Syria so that humanitarian aid does get through, and they consider that to be a huge win. But on most votes, uh, there will be uh, vetoes by one of the major powers and so permanent members. So not too much um, has really um, happened. The Secretary General has been focusing very much on climate and to continue the momentum from the Biodiversity Conference in December and COP27 that took place in Egypt and Sharm el-Sheikh. There will be uh, strategies and planning sessions beginning in February on that. And he has uh, announced that there will be another climate summit here in New York in September to continue to put pressure on uh, member states to do more. Uh, and of course, we all know that uh, if we've been listening to the news and witnessing what's been happening in our neighborhoods, um, extreme weather is really causing such um, damage and havoc all over the world and uh, in our country as well. And that has caused displacement migration, which will become an even bigger topic and cause um, undue suffering to so many people around the world. That is something. And then the recovery from COVID is something that the UN is really focusing on. Uh, because as you know, for most of us, most of the countries, we've sort of come through COVID, but it has really left a lot of destruction and damage in its wake. And many countries are in debt. They are 
um, not able to feed their people. They're having to try to get their economies going again. So there's going to be a lot of focus placed on making sure that there are jobs for people, that there is equality, especially for developing nations and least developed countries to make sure that they are able to move on from COVID in a way that that's sustainable. So that actually gets me to talk about the Commission on Social Development, which is taking place February 6th through the 15th. It's the 61st session. And um, it's kind of a newsworthy because it's going to be an in-person commission rather than a hybrid commission or a uh, virtual commission as it has been for the last uh, two years, three years. And it's going to really look at looking at the root causes of um, how we can make um, nations more stronger um, post-COVID by looking at full and productive employment and decent work for all as a way of overcoming inequalities to accelerate recovery from COVID-19. And then there are other commissions coming up that we can talk about that also address that. Um, The specific country issues that Catherine talked about so well, we work on those together. She in Washington doing advocacy on the Hill, and we do so here at the UN. So in addition to those countries, we also monitor here at the UN, the peace process in Colombia and the dire situation in Haiti, as well as um, human rights in Myanmar. So those are some of the other ones. Our focus this year, really in setting the priorities, um, is based on the um, 225th uh, General Assembly uh, overtures that passed. So Israel-Palestine will be an issue that we will be working on uh, quite um, robustly, if you will. <laughs> I don't like that word <laughs> so much. Uh, um, and uh, the Korean um, peace uh, peninsula and peace on the Korean peninsula, uh, as well as Cuba. So um, there are some of the um, uh, focus foci that we have and working on the issues that um, are part of the Matthew 25 uh, vision, the the pillars of that in uh, militarism and gender and climate and racism and uh, poverty and development. Thank you very much, Sue. And you made reference to the Security Council and how, um, you know, it takes a unanimous vote for any real actions to occur. So how has the UN um, maneuvered around Russia concerning Ukraine. And then we know with the U.S. oftentimes being a block in, on issues and conversations about Israel-Palestine. Um, what's that like to, to and how is the U.N. making any type of statements or has anything come out of it um, with knowing that those obstacles are there? Yes. So like they were able to actually pass one resolution in the general Assembly, and that's where the um, entire membership uh, of nations have a say. And so what they were able to accomplish last year after the war in Ukraine started was that any time a permanent member of the Security Council vetoes on a resolution, they have 10 days and they have to come before the General Assembly to explain their vote. Uh, And so that is not you know, a lot, I guess you can say, but, you know, could be a deterrence to um, taking that veto power and using it uh, indiscriminately. 
I haven't actually, it'd be interesting to go back and see how the vote turned out, uh, whether there were less vetoes last year as a result of this uh, resolution that passed. But it seems to have had some deterrence. They have come, um, two of the countries that I can think of right now have come to sort of, you know, make their case for why they vetoed. And they were very defensive, uh, especially because in those votes, uh, that pertain to Ukraine, uh, you know, majority of the member states uh, really are supportive of uh, the effort, or you know, for Ukraine. Uh, and so that's happened. And I can follow up and find out what the numbers are on that. Um, just in terms of like thematic issues, I think I, I didn't mention this, that I think the issue of human rights, particularly with this administration that came into office emphasizing that human rights was going to be a big part of their policy, we've been really disappointed. And um, we've we've had several meetings around Israel-Palestine, around the Philippines, which is another priority from the this, this past General Assembly, and also Cuba, where it, there has been you know, sort of tone deafness about the the real issues of human rights on the ground and whether, you know, security policy or other priorities trump the the work that needs to be done and the pressure that needs to be put on these governments about human rights. So that's a big area where, where we'll be working across the board and a, a lot of the different um, conflicts that we're working on. Great, great. Because I do know we have high hopes for the Biden administration, especially after the administration that preceded it. And he is a foreign policy walker, at least that's his reputation. So we do hope that he can do much better um, concerning our international work. Um, Sue, while we have you up, tell us a little bit about our signature events, you and Catherine. I'm starting with Sue. We have the Commission on the Status of Women, which is coming up in March, and then Ecumenical Advocacy Days, which is coming up in April. Sue, tell us a little bit about CSW. Yeah, um, we're uh, really revving it up now since we have now 45 days until the start of the commission CSW, and it's going to be hybrid this year. So that'll be brand new. We'll have in-person as well as online participation. Uh, And our um, in-person delegation, we have 20 spots. Um, uh, That's a given to us by the UN. They're full, they're filled. And then we have an additional probably uh, 15 or 20 online participants as well from all over the world who will be joining us. Uh, And we do this in uh, conjunction with uh, Presbyterian women. And so they also have a full delegation as well. And we are really, really excited to roll out this hybrid format, which will have even greater participation by the church. And I just wanted to highlight a few things that we've been able to confirm, which is that both of our co-moderators will be joining us uh, for uh, CSW. They will be participating in the first couple of days of uh, CSW, and they'll be leading the Presbyterian worship during the ecumenical women uh, worship series that happen every morning. So Siobhan and Ruth will both be here in person in New York City. And um, so we're really, really honored and very pleased to have their participation. And we also wanted to make an announcement now so people can put it in their calendars. But we have a parallel event, uh, a webinar that happens the second Tuesday of March. And I don't have the date in front of me, uh, so we can get that later. But 
Our speaker will be Christine Darden uh, from NASA, and she was one of the researchers that was uh, featured in the book and the movie, The Hidden Figures. Uh, that's um, the book that um, featured uh, Black women who helped uh, with the space race. And so we are so delighted to have her because I didn't mention this, but the theme, the pri priority theme for CSW is innovation and technological change and education in the digital age for achieving gender equality and empowerment of all women and girls. So we have like a full agenda. We are excited. Our uh, youth delegation is really strong. We have 12 youth delegates uh, who are coming and will be here in person. And so it's going to be a really fun-filled, exciting event. Excellent. And um, the late Catherine, forgive me, I forget her last name, um, who was one of the trio in the movie and in the book, she was Presbyterian. So we're very proud of that. So remind us again, what's the date for CSW? Did I not tell you the date? It's March 6th through the 17th. March 6th yes, through I was, the 17th. I got so excited. <laughs> I forgot to mention the dates. It's March 6th through the 17th. It's the two weeks, the first two weeks in March, usually. Uh, and it's the biggest commission um, that the UN hosts. Uh, we have anywhere between like six to 10,000 people uh, come and join and be part of this like really wonderful event. And thanks to you and the leadership of Ivy, the Presbyterian presence is always so strong. And as I go across the country talking to Presbyterian women, many of them have participated in CSW and just re give rave reviews of it. And so, again, thanks for all of your hard work. Catherine, tell us a little bit about EAD 2023. Yeah, so um, EAD is Ecumenical Advocacy Days. It's our annual gathering of Christian advocates and activists in Washington, D.C., and it's going to be virtual again this year. Hopefully it will be in person next year. Um, but we bring together... Um, sometimes almost a thousand, usually at least 700 people um, to learn in plenaries and workshops um, about issues and and then go and, and um, do visits on the Hill. So meeting with your members of Congress and we will still have that virtually. So we'll, we're going to be organizing um, visits for people over Zoom with their member of Congress. And the theme this year, well, the date is April 25th to the 27th, so save those dates. And our theme is Swords into Plowshares, Achieving Enough for All and Pursuing Peace. And it's going to focus on you know, the priorities like militarism and defense spending, and you know, emphasizing that what we need to do is really focus on peace and and enough for all and addressing issues of hunger and you know changing these priorities from an emphasis on militarism and defense to an emphasis on care and true human security. And I just I just want to read a little excerpt from the theme that I think is 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 really. Um, really good. Having spent so long running in every direction but peace, it's easy to forget there's another way. No one can serve two masters. We cannot excel in both war and justice, both wealth and mercy. We cannot take by force what is intended to be shared. Let us heed Christ's call and gather as one body to discern how we can reforge weapons of destruction into tools of growth, 
cultivate healing throughout God's creation and pursue systems that empower each person to thrive. Wow. That says it all right there. I'm excited about both of these opportunities for Presbyterians to come together in in New York in March for um, Commission on the Status of Women and also in April um, online with Ecumenical Advocacy Days. And we would like to share with you that Advocacy Days um, has a link. It's advocacydays, all one word, dot org. And also for the Commission on the Status of Women, um, www.unwomen.org. Um, forward slash en forward slash csw and um, forward slash csw67.2023. So you want to say a word about where that link can be found? Uh, if you just Google CSW67, it, you will get there <laughs> with one <Excellent>. click. <laughs> that is a lot more helpful than what I gave out. <laughs> yeah, And in the show notes, I'm told, yes. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So we are excited again as this year is beginning. Um, as you've noticed, we've not said a lot about our domestic work. We are one staff member short, and so we will um, still continue to do the domestic work, but we are very proud of all of the international work that is being done in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through the Presbyterian Church USA, continue to listen to um, Advocacy Watch as we go forward proclaiming justice for all people. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Advocacy Watch. We want to thank Sue and Jimmy for joining us on the podcast each month as they highlight the advocacy work that the church is doing and to offer us some ways to get involved. So check out Advocacy Watch each month. Look forward to it and join, subscribe, leave us a review. And of course, if you have a question for any of us, send them to fakepodcasts at peaceusa.org. We will talk to you again soon.